inspiring you to reach your goals and live your dream. And live your dream. This is the Keaton Nelson Show. Alrighty, guys. I have a very special treat for you, especially if you like to sleep. This man is a sleep coach, Gary Allman. Thank you very much for being on the show today. How you doing? Thanks. Yeah, I'm good, Keaton. Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate you getting my uh, my surname right as well. So many people don't know how to pronounce it, but you're off to a good start. Oh, sweet. Cool. <laughs> I like that. So, is this good or bad for my sleep? Uh, what time is it where you are? It's two in the afternoon. Yeah, I would recommend drinking that two in the afternoon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool, man. Um yeah, man, I, I recommend cutting off caffeine around midday. Um, and then if you're going to bed, if you plan on going to bed tonight at midnight, it can work. But ideally, the caffeine longevity in your system needs to be probably given 10 to 12 hours to kind of dissipate in some category at some degree. Um, it depends on the source of the caffeine as well. Obviously, the can of Red Bull you just cracked open has got a lot of caffeine in it. But if you're just having a small coffee, you know, you can cut it off a couple of hours. Like, you could probably cut it off at 2 p.m. Interesting. I, uh, <clears throat> I'm a caffeine addict, big time. Big time. Uh, you're, not, you're not sleeping well? Huh? Are you not sleeping well? Is that why? Or is it just you like it and... Um... Yeah, I don't know. So, well, I guess we'll hop right into it. So, I actually i I wake up at like four in the morning. Four. Well, I did today. I woke up at four thirty this morning. Normally, I wake up at five. I go to the gym. I get my kids ready for school, and then I had to head to work. Right, I work all day long. Come home, take care of the kids, get them ready for bed, eat dinner, all that type of stuff, and then you know, head to bed around like ten o'clock. After they're in bed, I get a couple hours of some some me time with the wifey, right? Um, but I never have any trouble falling asleep. You know, I feel like I sleep pretty well. Um, and but I also like I don't know if it matters, but I hydrate quite a bit throughout the day as well. Yeah, yeah, hydration is key, man. To sleep massively, a dehydrated brain is not going to sleep well. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hopped right into it. I, I just happened to be cracking one open. I figured it was a good segue into sleep. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd like to, before we get more into that stuff, I want to get to know you. Where are you from, mm. man? Yeah, so I'm from the UK, more specifically England. Um, I live about 30 minutes north of London in a town called Bedfordshire. Um, and uh, yeah, I am. Um, I've been coaching sleep now for the past two years, officially, um, as like the only thing I do. I used to do mindset and kind of health coaching, and now I, I predominantly do sleep. Um, and yeah, it's been a hell of a ride, man. Not many people know how to fix their sleep, and it's always an interesting topic for people. And it's something that I've had trouble with myself years ago, so that's why I got into it. And that was the main kind of, like you say, segue into what I do now. I have my own health struggles with sleep. Um, had burnout, had um, loads of weight gain, and just struggled with chronic fatigue, trying to kind of juggle a full-time job and sort of get my ambition of, of being a business owner slash entrepreneur off the ground. And uh, I didn't know how to prioritise things and ultimately kind of burnt me out. So, yeah, this is uh, something I'm extremely passionate about, helping people 
understand the importance of it and, and not not talking from a from a duration point i'm talking about maximizing the quality and actually making sure that your sleep is plugged into your genetics as well because we do dna testing with our clients so we know they're sleeping in the right pattern rather than just guessing so it removes a lot of the problems that people experience with sleep and um yeah it's something that i have kind of reverse engineered myself because i've had those issues and uh, it's something my business partner and I do uh, work on with with a lot of clients. Very cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm also like I'm. I like to get into like people's like personal story a little bit, mm-hmm. right? So, like, how'd you grow up, man? Were you rich, poor, broke, um, middle class? Um, just probably above um, broke. To be fair, my parents didn't have a lot. They gave me enough, but. You know, my dad worked four jobs. My mum was travelling to London when she was pregnant with my sister and myself. My sister's three years younger than me. So she was, uh, they were both hard workers and, you know, they were were came out of, they're both, well, my mum's semi-retired, my dad's fully retired. They've got money. Um, But yeah, it it was, um, I wouldn't say it was hard, but it wasn't easy either. And um, growing up, I was severely bullied as a kid as well, like, severely not just teased like properly bullied beaten up uh picked on big time um and i've said this story before and i carried that kind of victim mentality with me for a long long time um and uh yeah it really affected my confidence as a group like into being a, a teenager this was when i was about five how are, seven years old how are you bullied man did they beat you up and shit yeah yeah my what well, i used to it sounds funny now but i used to have really bad deformities in my ears. Uh, I actually had surgery when I was seven years old to correct them and I was picked on severely for that and uh played schools a couple of times as well. Uh it never really seemed to help. So yeah, when I got to like sixteen years old, I kind of carried that mentality with me of, of being a victim and sort of being scared sure. of, of what other people thought of me. Um I got into boxing at seventeen I did that for four, five years nearly, and I, I was pretty good at that. But I still something I do now. I'm not I'm 32, nearly 33. Um, I got into strongman as well in my late years, put on a load of muscle, hit the gym hard, started hanging out with people. And all of those were kind of like suppressing the, the victim, like trying to get rid of that victim. It's trying to be someone else and like evolve into the next person than me. And I'm a, I'm quite a big guy. I'm, I'm 6'3", and I'm uh, about 230 pounds. Um, but the biggest I ever got was this is kind of a segue into my my downfall with my health. The biggest I ever got I was I was two sixty when I was doing strongman, um, amateur strongman, mind you. And um, I felt invincible at the time, but I was neglecting my health. I had I, I like fully pushed away and shut down that the uh, the poor scared kid and the teenager from say 10, 20 years ago. And I was twenty six, and I had this. This huge physique, and um, I've got photos of it on my Instagram page, and I felt I felt really good, like my confidence was sky high. But the mindset still wasn't fixed of how to um, move on to the continuation of this of this path, and that path was my health and and my longevity, and alongside a corporate job. And trying to get this business off the ground, it was always an ambition of mine to have my own business. I never wanted to work a nine to five. That's a whole other story. The two kind of feed together to um, put me in the worst health I've ever been in. Because 
I ultimately stopped training because things got really busy. So I stopped training, doing strongman, and I carried on eating as I was. And because the hours I was working, I was eating like three and a half, four thousand calories a day. Because it's what I knew. It's like been programmed into me for a few hours. Like, oh, I can't carry on eating this. I've built the body. It will be good. A few years later, I wake up and I'm like, man, I'm fat. Like I need to sort my health out. And um, I kept trying all of these things, trial and error, dieting, crash dieting, changing my workout plan. Nothing ever really seemed to work because I was running on really bad sleep every night, really poor sleep. This is a really compressing my story down here. This is like an accumulated trial and error over years. Um, but ultimately, when I fixed my sleep, everything changed. Um, I carried on with the diet, but... Um, it had limited results because it wasn't ultimately the right diet for me. So I really sort of pushed that to the side, just sort of let it tick over in the background, focused on the sleep, fully focused on it with, with a coach too. It's funny enough, now my, my business one now. And um, I lost, over the time I was doing it, I lost 45 pounds. So I got better? like, yeah, from sleeping better. And I, when I people, I say that, and people are like, "Nah, don't lie." And it, it's true, right? Because what happened? I wasn't counting calories. I was on a diet, and I had an idea of healthy eating. Okay, everyone on this planet has an idea of what healthy eating looks like. Okay, the right. problem is when you don't fix your sleep, your cravings and your need for energy are heightened because your body and your brain need energy. So where do they get energy from? They don't get it from a salad. They get it from a Red Bull sugary drink. They get it from a Big Mac. They get it from pizza. It's high-carb, high-sugar, high-fat food that the body needs. So then people are obsessed with diet, tracking calories, and neglecting the sleep. And when you get your sleep right, your body's hormones start functioning better, so the cravings subside. Now, there's two little things there, right? There's your hunger hormone leptin and your hunger hormone ghrelin that drive your appetite and the feeling of you being satiated and full, okay? When you're sleep deprived, you're averaging less than seven hours per night. This is a standard uh, statistic. They'll increase by up to 35%. Your urges will increase by up to 35%, okay? So this is the problem I had, right? I was having my caloric intake for the day, and it was decent food. But because my sleep wasn't fit, I was still eating more calories than my body needed, even if, even though it was decent food, okay? And if you know you're in a caloric surplus, your body will store that caloric surplus as fat, okay? I could eat 3,000 calories of pizza, I could eat 3,000 calories of spinach, and because I'm in a caloric surplus, my body would still store the excess calories as fat, because ultimately it's energy, okay? If I fix my sleep, I crave less calories because my body's in tune with the food i'm eating and it tells me that i'm full so i don't need to eat as much and also my insulin response is better my metabolism is better i've got human growth hormone running through my body to repair everything it all starts ticking over it's like a car that hasn't been serviced for ages and maintained and when you maintain it you put better oil in it it starts to function better the same with the human body and sleep and just to end that little segment there okay you don't have to eat well, and you don't have to exercise to be healthy, okay? You don't have to follow a diet, and you don't have to exercise. You can be a, a normal, average-built person. You can enjoy a pizza. You, you don't have to go to the gym, and you can be healthy if you watch what you eat, okay? You don't have to follow a strict diet. 
fuck you have to sleep every day. So if your sleep is shit, excuse my friends, it's going to be a lot harder for you to live a healthy lifestyle. So this is the problem. You fix the sleep first, it takes care of a lot of the other things and has a knock-on effect. All right, all right. I'm buying in a little bit here now. Um, is it just I need seven hours uh, of sleep a day? Is it that simple? Minimum, yeah. Seven to nine, most people would be in, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I do. You know what I mean? But I'm like, when I wasn't exercising, I was getting fucking fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, so that's where I'm just like, is there more to this or? Yeah. In that case, yeah, you might, you might need seven and a half. You might even need eight. But if you can't get that, it's about how we maximize your quality. Because that. I work with busy people, and they're like, oh, I carried out of sleep eight or nine hours, even though my body says I do. Like, we get the DNA report up, and they're like, oh, I need nine hours or more. They're like, I can't sleep for nine hours because it's too much shit. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll sleep for seven hours, seven and a half hours, and we'll maximize the quality of your sleep. And we do that with a combination of stress management, environment, and mindset. Um, people have a really bad mindset around sleep, you know, that, oh, I can't get, I can't sleep, um, this is the way I am, or whatever. Um, and they never really addressed it. They never really addressed their stress in the day. They never really addressed their environment as well. I understand if you've got kids, that's a different thing because you've got to take care of them. But there are still things you can do, right? You can still make sure your environment in your your own bedroom is a sanctuary for you and your partner or just yourself. You can make sure that you manage your stress during the day and your, your body is not deficient in stuff. Now, it's hard to tell if you're deficient without doing a blood test to understand that, but you can still have supplements you can still have magnesium you can still get enough sunlight to get vitamin d if you don't live in a sunny part of the world take a vitamin d supplement uh those two things magnesium and vitamin d are crucial for sleep cool and then there's the other side of it because magnesium number one it, it helps with stress and the balance of your nervous system so if you're deficient in magnesium like a lot of uh, americans are deficient because of what's in their food primarily not so much in europe I think it's around 82% of Americans are deficient in magnesium. Maybe that's why uh, I keep so, getting fat. It's just because I live in America and the food is shit. Well, it's the, it's the culture in that country, man. Like, I don't want to speak bad of, of America because I do coach a lot of them. And I, they're, lo they're lovely people. I love the country, man. I fucking live there for six months. You know, but uh, in 2013, I, I lived there. But um, yeah, the, the whole society, the, the society and the balance of society in the state is, is like, it's greed a lot of the time. Like there's far few planes everywhere. Like it's convenient every single shop you go into, every single drive through, everything's convenient for you. Like save time, and that just breeds a, that breeds a lazy lifestyle. And to break free of that is very difficult. And it's not always, it's not your fault all the time. You know, it's hard to break free of the norm. And it's becoming that way in the UK where I am right now. You know, you go to London, you go to Birmingham, you go to Manchester, Liverpool, all the big cities in England, they're all going that way. Because it won't make money for corporations and food, the government's profit off that as well. So it's harder to break free of that of that cycle. So you've got to take charge of yourself and ask yourself questions. You know, am I am I um, doing these things, doing the basics of sleep? If you are, cool. Let's go a little bit deeper. Then we can look at other stuff. But it's a, it's an awareness as well. It's what goes back to what I said about mindset. It's an awareness of the fact that you know you do get seven hours that you wake up and you still feel tired. All right, that's a problem. Because you shouldn't really feel tired in seven hours of sleep. If you have an extremely high need to sleep and you're an extremely physically active person, 
then yeah, you probably may, you know, you probably need to sleep for nine hours or, or ten hours, but you can still get great sleep and live a great life for seven hours. I get seven and a half, seven hours and twenty most nights. I'm golden. That's what my body needs. And I know I can maximize the quality of it. And um, by the way, this isn't my bedroom. This is my um, office, my on my spare room. But my bedroom upstairs on the on the third floor is a, is a sanctuary of, of um of sleep. Like my wife and I, that's it. That's just just sleep. There's no technology. There's no phones. Nothing. It's just our environment. We've got kids coming. Like my wife's pregnant during December. Congrats. Thank you, bro. We pre- appreciate that. But we're gonna. I know from my expertise, and obviously I've been doing this for a few years now, how to kind of mitigate that with it with a child. Like we've spoken about things in deep depth. It's like, okay, this will be your day, this will be my day. We'll sleep at this point. My missus will sleep at that point. In an <laughs> ideal world, that's what will happen, right? But we understand things change. But it's like it goes back to the to the basic thing of awareness, man. If you don't have kids, are you aware of how your lifestyle is affecting your sleep? How did you feel about that? That's what I was about to ask you. Um, Yeah, man. So, so during the week, I'm like, uh, I'm good. I get my full hours, you know, full. I mean, what do I, I'll probably fall asleep between nine and 10, wake up around Mm -hmm. five. I mean, what's, how many hours is that? Nine to five is eight hours. Yeah. I mean, like, that's pretty good, right? That's good, man. It's a good routine. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, so between seven and eight hours, right? Yeah. Um, but what happens when I stay up late on the weekends? You know, I'm drinking, I'm watching TV, I'm I'm watching the fight. Uh, you know, if I'm like I travel a lot, I was just in Vegas. You know, nice. but we were just up like all night long. You know what I mean? Then I come back. It did take me about two days till I felt fully rested again and quote unquote fully rested. Right. Um, I was wondering, like, did people just wake up just feeling fantastic? (laughs) Nobody I work with ever wakes up and within the first two seconds opening their eyes feels fantastic. In the first five minutes, maybe, or the first 10 minutes, but. Yeah, it's a myth that you need to jump out of bed in the morning. Um, it's interesting what you say about staying up late in the weekends because this is one of the biggest things that a lot of people struggle with. They're, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm consistent with my routine. Say they work a nine-to-five, right? Or I'm just that I coach. They're in charge of their own schedule. So they have their, their deep work hours, they may have their sales, they have their meetings, etc. They structure their day, and then the weekend they chill out a bit, they get a little bit blase, they go to bed two hours later. They wake up an hour later, right? So three hours. Two hours, two days, it's a six-hour difference, okay? Now, that's the that's equivalent of me traveling from here to New York, okay? You're, you're five hours behind in New York to London, right? So that's the equivalent of me traveling five time zones. And that, that hits people hard because they're like, well, how does that, that work? How does that balance? It's like, well, your, your body is on a circadian rhythm, okay? Your body's natural biological clock is on a rhythm. When you suddenly change it over two days, it has a compound effect. Now, it's not the same as jet lag in regards to it hitting you so hard, but it is the same principle because that's what jet lag is. Jet lag is just your body not being in tune with the time of day and the location you're in and the location you came from. Should I, so, should I wake up at 5 in the morning on the weekends too? Ideally, yeah, or you need 
you need to allow yourself, I would say, no more than 30 minutes. So if you do 30 minutes uh, for bedtime and wake time, that's an hour, okay, over Saturday, Sunday, two hours. You're not losing too much, right? That would be the difference in flying from uh, East Coast to Mountain Time, I think, at two hours, I think off the top of my head. That's two hours. So it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not really going to have jet lag from that, right? Um, you need to have, obviously, a social life. You need to be flexible and enjoy yourself. And it, it's something I, I coach and I stand by is the law of individuality, right? Everyone has a unique social life. Everyone has a unique family life. You can have 80% optimization, 20% flexibility. So if you take the push of the flexibility, that's where the optimization starts to, starts to go down again. Nothing's always going to be optimal. But it's also a mindset hack for you to go, oh, yeah, I've been optimal for 80% of my week. And this day here, I can tweak and I can enjoy it. And that's how you plan your week. I'm a big believer everyone should plan their week because then you know what's coming. You don't have to make adjustments last minute that your body isn't prepared for. So if you know you're going to go out, out that night, get more sleep the day before if you can or two days before. Ooh, I like that. So what my fitness coach says, he goes, Hey, you know, you're going out to a steakhouse at night. Why don't you just have like less to eat during the day and skip breakfast <laughs> and have a very, very light breakfast the next day. You know? Yeah, that's one way of doing it, man. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's interesting. Um, is that why like people have a hard time on Monday mornings, you think? Yeah, big time. It's because it's when it's yeah, yeah. for real. Because Sunday probably yeah, it, it hits hard, man. It hits hard. I used to be that guy. Yeah, I used to I used to fucking hate my job, man. I'd party in the weekends and Sunday I'd do nothing, and then Monday I'd come round and my boy would be like, "Oh, what day is it? Like, what time is it?" And I'd be dragging myself through Monday, Tuesday, come Wednesday, yeah, it's great. And then you go Thursday, Friday, all back down again. And if you plan, if you plan it right, so. You, just going back to what I said there, like you put you you plan to sleep more, so you sleep thirty minutes more on Thursday, you sleep thirty minutes more on Friday, you've only moved your body clock an hour in total, but then you won't have to have so much of a line on Saturday, Sunday. You've got an extra hour of sleep. That's what I mean by planning it. You don't have to then you have to be so strict with your routine and then go, right, Saturday, Sunday I'm gonna line for two hours and line for, you know, an hour or whatever. Um, and then Monday is going to be a write-off. It's all look, that's that's optimization because you've moved things around, you've like built up a tolerance, you've moved things around, but you haven't thrown everything off drastically. That's where the problem comes from. When you throw things off drastically, and you, you usually wake up at five, and you suddenly wake up at eight. You usually go to bed at ten, and suddenly go to bed at one. That's where because things get thrown off, and you haven't accounted for that in the previous days. You know, so that's where the problem comes from. And pe- people, I don't understand, you know, to expect to know this because it's not common knowledge. It's something that I've learned very, very recently, like in the last five years. Um, but it's something that um, can help a lot of people understand. And it, it's quite easy to plan your day, to be honest. People just don't do it. They don't put the effort into plan their time and block their schedule and count for social commitments and stuff. If you did that, your stress would be a lot less as well because you wouldn't have to think about it so much. Hmm. So... I want to talk a little business with you here. Yeah, right. man, go. So, how like how long have you been a sleep coach? I you know you said you used to be a mindset coach and stuff like that, but how long have you been a sleep coach? Yeah, officially two years now. Two years, solely doing sleep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, who who's your client? Who who's the right person for you? Who's like your ideal, you know, person to work with? Um. Imagine they're listening right now. You want to tell them, hey, if you're this person, 
come talk to me. It will be the entrepreneur that has an abundance of money. <laughs> they've nailed the they've nailed the wealth thing, but they they have neglected their health big time. And this is what I see with a lot of people. They they gain their wealth, but their health is terrible. They've got um, loads of stress from business. They don't prioritize sleep. They diet terrible. They've got a great mindset and great discipline, but they don't have the knowledge of how to break free of that routine and get themselves into the best health possible. Now, my ideal client is also a normal person who has loads loads of discipline and wants to make a change in their life. They don't have to have a ton of money. When I say ton of money, I mean someone who has that side taken care of, but their health is neglected because they spent so much time getting that wealth. Um, I've worked with everyone. I've worked with single mums. I've worked with parents. I've worked with eight-figure business owners. I've worked with um, a guy on YouTube who's got a million subscribers. Literally just finished coaching today. Like, I not even lie, word of a lie, finished coaching him today with his last uh, core eight-week program. I've worked with a, a CEO of a $25 million coaching business. They've all got different problems. That's what I mean by the law of individuality. So there's no one-size um, client for me. It's... Uh, program that can work with anyone all i'd ask for you is to be disciplined and do the work and i'll get you the result um that's all it is what's the result what's the result the, the best health of your life through sleep i'm sorry what say it again the best the best health of your life through sleep and i mean that because i'll give you a genetic report so you'll never have to guess your health again and you never have to message me and go, Gary, what do I do? You'd be like, oh, just look at my genetic report. Look at the notes Gary sent me. I am fit. It's not a, it's not an eight-week program and then you go back to how you were. It's an eight-week program for the rest of your life. Very cool. Um, you ever you ever like speak on stage or think about speaking on stages and t- teaching people about this? Now, I've done... Um, I haven't spoken on stages yet. It is a goal of mine. I've done online conferences the primary reason of that was covid um so we were doing so many online conferences and master classes and podcasts etc through covid um i've we've coached as a business under 450 individuals one-to-one um in the last two years which is pretty cool um, 400 you said 450 yeah one-to-one in the last two years yeah dang how much are you charging <laughs> Uh, the our elite package with uh, everything uh, that includes aura ring, um, DNA testing, and blood work with personalized supplements is three thousand pounds. The um, four is it weeks, three thousand, three thousand pounds. Yeah, so about for eight weeks, solid for eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, for two months. Yeah, you should charge more, but no, but yeah, so good. Right. Well, yeah, we so are. How, how many US dollars is that? I'm going to do some math for you guys. You'll see how much money, uh, well, the, the see how much money he's made, guys. The pound uh, is tanked at the moment. So. What, what, how many pounds? What's the pounds? Tri- Honestly, bro, um, the pound is really bad right now against the dollar. Um, so it's really bad right now, but it, it was good. Yeah, so right now it's 3,395 US dollars for eight weeks. 3,295? 395. Okay. And then you said 450 people in the last two years. My boy is making money. 
Hell yeah, good for you, bro. It's like they're all they're not paying that though. They're some are paying less just for one to one for four weeks with nothing. But that is yeah, four hundred fifty people is plus. It's like four hundred. I don't know, like 458, 456, more like that. <laughs> so, so how many, um, how much, how, how much do you pull in a month? Uh, as a business, anywhere between 18 to 30,000 pounds. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, we, we pay for a lot of things. Like I said, we get the ring, the DNA, and the bonnet, but that comes at a cost. Like That's we, right. um, we are increasing prices. We're, we're we're a new business. Like we we've had to gain traction. Like we've been doing it for fifty for years. So we're yeah, gaining. Four hundred fifty people is not a small feat. That's a lot of clients. Yeah, man. We've had a lot of um, early days. We had a lot of like really low ticket kind of earned testimonials and our strike stuff. Yep. Um, and then now we're charging a lot more for the elite people we've worked with. Um, testimonials from are on my Instagram for people like that because they're the ones that stand out. Um, worked with a guy recently who has a um, multi-million dollar consulting business in Mexico called uh, Red Box Consulting. Um, and he's a fantastic. That sounds guy. familiar. You said Red Fox. Box Red Box Consulting. Yeah, Red Mexico Box. City is their headquarters. Huh. Um. Interesting. I'm looking him up. Um. Creative consultants? That's it, yeah. Yeah. Full service, creative agency. This is Nigeria. Maybe it's not the same one. But um anyways, that is that's cool, man. Um is it a bitch not being able to like predict your income because it's like um because it's not recurring. Yeah, yeah, we don't have any recurring revenue yet. We're we're not going to monopolize a Facebook group or monetize a subscription service or anything like that. We have a Facebook group. We have it for for coaches, um, and we teach we help teach their clients and them how to sleep better. Uh, we do that as a course, which is like dirt cheap. Um, but we're not going to charge them for that. We do the stuff one to one. We build a reputation via one to one, and we leverage the network of the people we work with. So, like I said, the guy on YouTube with uh, nearly a million um, subscribers, I can get into his network and you know yeah, yeah. leverage business that way. So, yeah. What is um? You mentioned you said eight figure business. This is what always gets me, right? Yeah. When someone says eight figure business, what does that mean to you? It means the value of the business is eight figures, not they're doing eight figures in revenue. Oh, very interesting. Okay. Yeah. When people say that, they're, oh, I'm doing eight figure, I'll, I'll run an eight figure business. It's like, okay, well, what's the value of the business? What's the turnover? And what's the profit? Because it's a whole different thing. You know, there's a, there's, there are businesses, especially like ed- educational tech businesses like mine, you can do, uh, you could do a million a year and they would, they would value that business at like 15 million because of what you're doing and the potential for growth. Because it's technology. Technology is always changing. Doesn't mean your business is eight figure as a revenue. It means it's eight figure potential valuation. So, oh. yeah, you have to get it valued first to really kind of pull out that online when people say, oh, yeah, seven Damn, figures. Like, I well, got a seven figure business then. <laughs> Look at that. 
who knew <laughs> no because like in my head i'm like you got to be doing seven figures a year to be or eight figures a year to be saying that you're an eight-figure business or you know what i mean that's what i was yeah thinking. yeah because yeah yeah well both they're both valid man they're the other one point. the other one that gets me is that life you know people are claiming it over lifetime sales yeah nah no, no exactly and like like it's it's like the two comic club it's like the two the two two comic club they're like oh yeah look at my two comic club thing and you're, you're like dude you took you like four years to get that yeah, five yeah exactly i'm like that's not that impressive <laughs> yeah yeah man you know yeah people will say all sorts of shit online like we i never i never flout finances online or anything because all I flout is the results I get for the client and the content and value. Mm-hmm. I don't honestly, I don't honestly give a fuck about putting money out there because the money takes care of itself. I care about money, of course I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in business. I don't care about saying I run an eight-figure business or I help run oh, an, no, an no. eight-figure business or whatever. You know, we're not an eight-figure business, but we will be. But we're there's no point staying it just because oh yeah, it's in the future and. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm lying to the audience. Then it doesn't, it doesn't agree with uh, with who I am as a coach and a businessman. Oh, totally. And I'm like I'm asking a liar thing. The, the, the big, what I, there's multiple reasons I'm asking this question. Um, it's also for the the listeners who may not even be yeah. near this level, right? They're, they have, yeah, yeah. They haven't even thought about maybe they're thinking about owning a business or starting one. But I, I'm trying to point out that. This dude is coaching on sleep. Not to discredit anything that you're doing because it is actually very impactful. Take a lot of time to learn how to do all this stuff and be good at it and actually get results for your clients. That is what matters. I totally get it. But there's people who are waiting tables, breaking their back, doing shit they don't like doing. Yeah, man. Where they could be coaching people, helping people, and making... I did the math. If it was his big package, high six figures a year in sales and i get that things cost money like dude i've got i pay 20 people a week i pay a lot it's a lot of money (laughs) that that leaves my hands every single week um but my business is doing a ton of money you know what i mean so like i get it but you're still you're still doing all right like you could you could probably travel just because you want to right You, you could probably just say yep i feel like going to um to New York this this weekend, yeah. and you you'd be able to pay all your bills. You'd still have all your money and savings, your investments, and you wouldn't be breaking your back. There's people who are living paycheck to paycheck, saying that they can't do stuff because of this, because of that, making up excuses and stuff. Where you're literally like a, a few decisions away and a little bit of hard work from absolutely like in comparison to where I was two and a half years ago, like complete freedom. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like coaching businesses a lot, a lot. Cause they help people. Yeah. They yeah, they do. That's the goal, man. It's to help people. That that was me. That was the guy that you just talking about. It was the, the guy who was trying to get something off the ground and had ambition, just didn't really know what to do yet. And was every time something failed, was kind of blaming other, other situations and working a full-time job as well. It, it was hard, man. And um, yeah, as I said earlier, I did sacrifice my health. But, you know, not everyone has to do that. You can still work like two or three hours and evening on your dream while you don't have anything else going on. And you can still work a full-time job. 
but it's just how you manage it and yeah i um i always wanted to be i always wanted to be an entrepreneur i always wanted to help people and, and do stuff I, I had this natural kind of gravitation towards helping others um just didn't really know how, how to kind of plug myself into an industry you know but coaching came along and I was working full-time job. I started doing it part-time. This was like seven years ago. Got a real good interest in it. A leadership coaching at the time. And then it was mindset coaching. It was performance coaching. Then it was health coaching. Um, and now it's sleep. And it's just kind of evolved. And, and sleep is a good niche to get into because everyone talks about health and fitness and, and working out and stuff. It's like, I'm, I'm a really healthy individual, but I've got the sleep stuff taken care of as well as the mindset. And if you don't take those two things off, fucking diet and exercise don't matter. Because if you're not disciplined and you're tired, oh, mindset's number one. Diet plan? Yeah, how are you going to stick to a diet plan and go to the gym when you're not disciplined and you're tired all the time? So that's the edge I have over the the uh, people out there. That's it, man. You obviously got something that we're, you wouldn't have served 450 people in two and a half, two years. That that <laughs> that doesn't happen on accident. So you you got something going on for sure um yeah, yeah you got me a little intrigued um so i i always ask the same questions at the end of the podcast i don't know if you've actually listened to any of this before but i always ask the same questions we'll see how prepared you are right yeah sure man. so number one's easy it's a little softball what's the number one book that everyone should read um if you're talking mindset the book that had the biggest impact in my life i'm not talking sleep because i don't believe in any of the sleep books out there um personally um i would say the chimp paradox what is this um, I'll, uh, I'll put it in the chat for you might <laughs> be my uh my accent you gotta get a mic man i'm about to ship you out a mic yeah, yeah my mic is um my mic's actually busted from the windowsill just there i yeah i need a new one yeah chimp paradox guys you know you don't know who that's by do you uh no i don't um it's a mindset is, one yeah it's mindset it talks about how the how the brain works <laughs> cool. uh, conscious, conscious and, and uh conscious mind and how we store memories as well yeah so i i ask this every single show i always get like a good recommendation it's most of the time it's something i haven't read um but you know what I'm pulling up my phone right now. I listen to books on audio, Audible. Hopefully, it has an Audible version. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It'll be on Audible. Yeah, it's... A, it's uh, yeah, beautiful. So, guys, I'm not just talking. I'm going to do it. Buying the book right now. Man. Yeah, yeah. There, there are... Um, Steve Peters. Peters. Steve Peters. Professor Steve Peters, yeah. Yeah. Professor Steve Peters. Yeah, so let's see what it says. To help you achieve success, confidence, and happiness. I love it. I'm excited for that. Cool. I was just just about finishing another book, so good timing. Awesome. Books are yeah. like shortcuts. They are. That yeah, no it's one, a great book. That's why I ask every single podcast. They're shortcuts. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to move to the next one. All right. This one's, yeah, man. This one's heavy. You ready? <laughs> What's the yeah, biggest biggest regret you have in your entire life? Not starting earlier. Yeah? Not starting what uh, earlier? Starting my journey to being an entrepreneur. I started when I was 25, and I wish I'd started when I was 
16, 17, 18. Because I had the ambition to do it, but I was being dragged into the nine to five. Oh, yeah, this will be my life, be like everybody else. But admittedly, there's the argument here. You know, I didn't have the necessary cognitive awareness of, of a 25 year old, but I had the drive. It was like, yeah, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. My dad has, my, I said, my, this podcast, my dad had four jobs. One of them was his own business. He was a mobile uh, DJ. He used to go and do weddings and parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, start, he started that up to, to help provide for the family. And that kind of got me going, yeah, I want to do my own business as well. Um, so, yeah, that's something I wish I'd done sooner. It's not like a massive regret, but it is definitely a regret. Because, I, I, you know, where could I have been now? That's the thing. Got it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I mentioned this very often in the podcast or any of my shows or anything at all. But, like, this is the reason why I started this podcast was because when I started out, I started listening to podcasts and reading books. And that was the stuff that got my mindset right. That was the stuff that got me thinking that I could actually do this. I could actually pull this off. And this is what gave me, actually, it gave me knowledge and practical skills to be able to pull it off. So I'm like, Dude, I want to get a podcast going to be able to give back, and hopefully this inspires someone else who's listening, so that they can see yes. all this stuff. Because I mean, um, books and podcasts and other people's knowledge sheet—it's cheat codes. It's it's the quickest way to get through this stuff. And um, I mean, dude, he just told you his biggest—that's why I asked the biggest regret, right? You because great question. Just learn yeah. from that, right? What start now? <laughs> You'll yeah. regret waiting. You'll regret yeah. waiting. Start now, man. Yeah, you can you can either be if you're 25, you know, five years time you can be 30, either way, or you can be 30 with something to fucking go for it. You could be 40 or 50. Yeah, you know, start now. Yeah, don't wait. Yeah. Um. Okay. This is the one that gets everyone. Let's see if you can do it. See how you see how you handle it. Um, you got to go back in time. You got to go back in time to any age. Mm-hmm. You get to go talk to yourself. You know it's you. That younger you knows it's the older you. You show up there. You get to say three sentences, and then you disappear. What are the three sentences? And I'm really strict about it. It has to be three sentences. And then if you want to say why, and by the way, I ramble on in this little bit so you can do a little bit of thinking. <laughs> I don't know if anyone catches on to that. But um, the if you want to say why you chose those three sentences, you can choose to do so afterwards. But I want the three sentences first. And what age? What age? Then the three sentences. Then if you want to, you can tell us why. Yeah, yeah, okay. The age would be 18, so 15 years ago. Um, I would say keep believing in yourself, even though your confidence has been knocked multiple times. I'd also say stop fucking around, put your head down and work harder. And I'd just say keep believing in it because it will get better. No matter how many times you get knocked back. Mm. Because that was me at 18. It was the, the, the blase attitude of I've got time, uh, which you do at 18. Of course you do. But before you know it, it's 21. Before you know that, it's 25. Before you know that, it's 30. 
that's why I said earlier when I was just starting sooner because I hadn't um I didn't have anything to show for it in my age. It was all about fighting, it was all about didn't have a good job, didn't have any ambition, didn't go to college. Um I was smart, but I got distracted too easily. And I kept getting knocked back from applying for good jobs that I wanted. And that's what kind of disheartened me. And I was thinking, um, I had the, I had the ambition to, to have my own thing, but like I said earlier, it was all about society kind of pushing me into this nine to five. And to some degree, my parents as well. So I was like, all right, if I'm going to do a nine to five, I'm going to, I'm going to do it to a good level. And I kept getting knocked back. So I was like, well, do I try my own business? Do I study this course? Do I go to college or go to uni, whatever it was? So yeah, just sticking with it, see? And then, yeah, stop messing around and, um, yeah, gain confidence because I, I didn't have a lot of confidence at 18. Uh, I didn't, as I said earlier on, in my teenage years, I didn't have much. Yeah, man. Very cool. So where, where can everyone go follow you? Um, main platform is Instagram where, where we connected. Um, it's uh, at the sleep expert, uh, the underscore sleep expert. Um, and then I'm, I'm on Facebook, don't really use it much, just prefer Instagram. Um, and that's it, man. Like, if you want to read my content, you want to not ask me any questions about sleep, DM me anytime. Anyone listening to this, more than happy to help you guys out. Um, and yeah, that's it. Cool, man. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. This was a good episode. I had a lot of fun. Um, I learned a lot, so that was cool. Um, yeah, and guys, I always say this. If you're here, you listen to the whole thing. It means you kind of likes it, right? You kind of liked it a little bit. Share this out with someone, right? Um, and even if this episode wasn't for you, it's probably for someone you know. So share it out, right? Uh, leave us a, a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening. Uh, so we get up in the rankings, get some awesome guests on here. Uh, that is the plan. And until next time, peace.